forever however hi <laughs> welcome to your aunties could never episode 55 55, 55. Um, yeah it just feels like since forever i'm auntie ak and i'm here with auntie farah auntie nana and auntie Shade. how do you guys feel post anniversary episode do you feel i'm missing you guys you know i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, am. I woke up today and I was like, wow, look how the sun's shining. It would have been lovely if it was actually today, just because it's such a nice day and if we could all be together today. So, yeah, I'm missing you guys. Ah, me too. But I, it, it, feels, it really felt like, oh, my God, I haven't done aunties for ages. But because we were out of the setting of the Zoom, I feel like <laughs> I've been missed for a little while. Seems mad. But I just want, I need to do a special, special shout out to Miss Latang. Um and I just want to welcome her to the family because she is now an honorary auntie because yesterday she messaged me and she's like, I'm sitting here. Where are you guys? So I just laughed it off because I'm waiting for you lot to entertain me. So I just laughed it off for she was just like waiting for us to entertain her. But she literally, because it was her birthday um, yesterday, she forgot and thought that um, we were coming on live yesterday. So she's sitting like, no, I'm serious. Where are you lot? And I was like, sis. I know it's your birthday, but we're not actually live yet. It's Tuesday, remember that? So I just want to shout out to Ms. Latang, an honorary auntie, one of our fave commenters and supporters. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. And no, we go live on a Tuesday. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. And you know this, but yeah. So welcoming Ms. Latang, old school friend, to the um, auntie family. Anyway. Okay, guys. So... This is the time where we go through what have you heard? What have you heard in the news um, this past week? It's a bit of a full, fun, packed week. So I'm going to ask myself, as usual, Auntie AK, <laughs> what have you heard? My thing's less, less about what have I heard, more about I'm laughing heartily <laughs> at all the Brits that are a bit worried because um, the deadline for if you're like an expat and you're living in Spain and you didn't register yourself, as a citizen of Spain, you might get kicked out because of Brexit. And it's especially funny for those who voted for Brexit and thought they'd be safe in Spain, living it up as an illegal immigrant, in quotes, actually. Um, I just wanted to say, someone called, I just saw it on Twitter, someone says, another returning at Malaga Airport today was Sean Cromer, who despite voting for Britain to leave the EU, didn't believe it would end his Spanish lifestyle. He said, yes, I voted out, but I didn't realise it would come to this. My application has been rejected and we are, no, and we are on our way home. The wife is in tears. She's distraught, if I'm honest, and I'm not too happy <laughs> at the spare aspect of returning to the UK. It's just like such bittersweet irony. So I just wanted to laugh, ha 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 ha, and then ask you ladies what you thought and what you, um, just if you find it funny, well, is there a serious, should I be more serious about this? Um, Auntie Farah. I find it hilarious, but I always find it hilarious when English people get kicked out of anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, right, a lot of English people have this thing where they don't, not, it's fine everywhere else apart from on their own doorstep. You know, like, I'm going to vote for Brexit because I don't want you foreigners coming over here. However, when they're going around the world, planting their flag, you know, colonising and doing all of these things, it's totally fine. 
and it's totally fine for them to do whatever they want in those countries, you know, tear, tear the arse out of it, drink hooliganism, all of that kind of stuff. As, but then when people bring it here, it's all of a sudden, you can't do that here. Like, did anyone watch the interview with, um, what's his name? What's that politician? Can't remember his name. It's gone out of my head. Politician, Labour guy. What's his name again? David Lammy. David Lammy. Lammy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, he was having this conversation with this woman and she was like, but you're not English. You're not English. How can you call yourself English? You're not English. And it's just, it just goes to show that they're so dumb. There's, some of these people are so dumb. They don't actually understand that if you're not from, if you're from somewhere, then that makes you from that country and you have all the rights from, for a person from that country. So the people in Spain are like, bruv, you're not from here. Go home. I like it when they hear go home. Just like at the moment, they're banned from loads of countries and it's upsetting because I'd like to go to Grenada. But secretly i'm like yeah grenadians tell them they can't come here but secret but you know but at the same time i'm like good you don't need to hear it you lot are too used to going around the world doing whatever the fuck you want to do and then moaning about it when people come here the people that you colonize and would and only come here because you colonized us if you don't colonize us us we wouldn't us black people and people of color wouldn't need to be coming here we wouldn't feel like we have a right to hear so good i'm glad it's happening to you in spain and it should happen everywhere else around the world everyone should tell you to do one pack up your bags pack up your things and leave that's what they should be told I I just want to quickly add, by not being legally registered, Brits until now have gone under the radar when it came to paying Spanish taxes and other contributions. But Brexit has changed that. Now they have to be out of Spain by March 31st, when they will be deemed as illegal immigrants and deported anyway, as their 90-day legal stay ends. Auntie Shade, how do you feel? Hold on. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Sorry. Yeah. It kind of, yeah, I feel like, oh, it is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. You got to just swallow that pill really and truly. I think, like, it's interesting, as they always say, uh, expats and stuff. And it's just like, no, you're immigrants, man. You're immigrants in their in their country. And, you know, you should have immigration status, mate. <laughs> so, so, yeah, if you want it to be better there, then it should, you know, we should do better here as well. So, but we'll, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really too... I don't really care that much. Um, yeah, it just is. Antinella. <laughs> I have zero sympathy for any of these people. Really, it's more like the fact that they voted Brexit and you're not even living in the UK. Like, what do you care who's here? Like, why, why does the UK need to leave the European Union when you're actually living in a country in Europe? Like, it... I I hope that everybody, Spain, Italy, France, Germany, they all band together and start rejecting any type of applications that are coming in and just being like, actually, you guys wanted to leave because your manky little island is the best and you don't want to be a part of our union. You should all get out and have to do a whole reapply, like a new, like... (laughs) <laughs> maybe like try and get in on the asylum way <laughs> initially like they should do some type of shit like that to them I have no sympathy I would love to be at the airport watching these expats immigrants whoever they are coming back crying because they're no longer allowed to live in Europe I'd I'd love to be there like that would that would be so fun with a bag of popcorn watching them for me, it's just it's just the um, it's just hilarious. You know that feeling when you get when you've been on a nice holiday and you come back into London, or and it's just like oh, 
back to this grey thing again. It's like, yeah, it's, it's sweet, 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 sweet joy. Do you want to get the comments? I think it's Auntie Nana this week. It is. Okay, so um, hello to everybody. And Nicola, she says, loving your top, Auntie Nana. Thank you very much. This is from Love Yaya. Um, Sistrin says, good afternoon, ladies. Um, and we have a few happy birthdays to Auntie Latang. And uh, Sistrin says, hey, British expat, get off from here. <laughs> and I'm sitting here clapping. Bye, Felicia. If your papers ain't right, go. Perhaps they can appeal to Preeti to help them. You never know. No, you know they will. They'll be like, my English right. It's just, sorry, final thing. It's just, um, there's, a, there's a picture in one of the newspapers that I saw of a pub that in Spain, obviously, that's British flagged out. Like, they could not put any more tat and paraphernalia. <laughs> it's like... The irony of these people is just the irony. The way they treat anyone, if there's any type of little ethnic community in London, they're like, oh, they're taking over and they're not acclimatising to our country and learning our ways. But you lot create a whole little Britain in all the countries that you dominate. There's always a fish and chip shop. There's always a pub. There's always these things that make you feel home away from home. And on mm -hmm. top of that, you don't want to pay the taxes to the country. And it's just textbook. Anyway, immigrant behaviour, immigrants. Anyway, Auntie Nana, what have you heard? Okay, so this this last, I would say, what are we on now? Day three of the saga with Alexandra, Boris, and all of his middle names, Johnson, and his, his latest mistress coming forward and saying that she was having an affair with him for four years, from 2012 to 2016. Uh, they had previously denied this affair, both of them, because there was some question as to how she was getting paid. And this was when he was in the mayor role and lots of money. I think that at last count, it was like £120,000 was paid to this woman who people thought could be his mistress. He denied it. But now there's, she's saying that they were having an affair. My question to you guys is, do you think that this is the straw that will break the camel's back? This is the... Res resignation letter we've been waiting for from Boris. Is he going to leave? Auntie Shade. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that this will, if not is the reason, but will definitely be a big part of the reason why, um, for him to resign. I think like, I think we've been saying, I think we've all been saying since last year that he's going to resign, probably around April um, maybe he might make it until lockdown's finally over. Um, but this seems to be, it's just kind of ridiculous now. It just seems to be so textbook. It's just like, I'm going to jump in, do this thing, make a big hoo-ha about stuff, and then there's going to be some sort of scandal, then I'm out. Do you know what I mean? Like, after, in the beginning, I remember when he was mayor and getting asked questions about him being prime minister. And he was like, no, 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 I'll never think about doing that. And and look at him now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever, you're a bloody liar. You really wanted a job, you got it, and now you're sick of it. So, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get out. And the reason why I think this is because the way that she's been interviewed, she's been given so much time, so much grace, you basically you you were you were the you were the mistress, yeah, the side chick. Why he was married? Like, what the hell? Like, why are you getting that? I've never known 
like a mistress, yeah, and I'm not even saying if it's right or wrong, to be treated with so much grace in the press, the British press. That's insane. And especially the Daily Mirror, which makes me think that maybe this is something to do with Piers, because <laughs> he's pissed at everything. And now he's pulling in all the favours <laughs> to get Boris out, maybe. Or maybe they're in cahoots. Um, and maybe in this new channel, this new right-wing channel that comes on, it might be Boris... Piers and um, Nigel Farage <laughs> all together kind of thing and they might start their own party who knows but yeah I'm just like oh this is I, I, I think I think yeah I wouldn't be surprised he hasn't commented right I don't think he's commented yeah but I wouldn't be surprised if he resigns Auntie Farah see I, I don't think he's going to resign I just think that they do it all the time. He's not the first, he's not the last. Norman, what's the pr- prime minister, the grey one from Maggie Thatcher days? John Major, John Major. Norman, that's it, John Major. Why am I calling him Norman? Because he looks like a Norman, that's why. He looks, like anyway, Norman. he looks like a Norman. But John Major had an affair with Edwina Curry. Okay, it didn't come out until after. But these people have affairs all the time. This is like not new news. And Boris will be like, I wasn't the prime minister at the time. Who cares? Like, I mean, not who cares. Like, obviously, he's going to be like, I regret that I did that, blah, blah, blah. But I just don't think that this is the nail in the coffin. The nail in the coffin is going to be the fact that on the 21st of June, we're not released. That's what I reckon the nail in the coffin is going to be. It's going to be something to do with, um, not Brexit, with um, COVID, that something's going to go wrong and he made all these promises and the shit's going to hit the fan. That's what I reckon. This Everyone knows that Boris has got 20 million baby mothers. Everyone knows that Boris has, is he's a sex addict, allegedly. Everyone knows this about him. So it's not like, it's no big deal. People knew what they were getting with Boris when they voted for him. They didn't think that they were getting like a Tony Blair married with five kids type of family man, even though he's fuckeries too. But they didn't think they were getting him. They knew what they were getting with Boris. This is not en- enough of a nail in the coffin. It's just, she's coming out now. She's going to say certain things. It's probably um, a, contrib- a contributor to what's going to, you know, finish him. But it's not like the finishing factor. I don't think anyway. Yes, yeah, so, I do know. I haven't paid, honestly, I haven't paid much attention because I genuinely don't even, it's the when her romantic story and it's hard to really apply romance to someone who falls in love with someone like that. Like, what did you see? I don't, and I mean, this is what makes me think it's a transactional situation and I don't want to disparage her, whatever her lifestyle is, but what did you, and I know I'm, I'm a black woman, so my, my taste isn't definitely not Boris Johnson. So I, my, my heart, my head and my eyes cannot fathom how you'd look at this man and feel any type of emotional sexual stirrings to the point that you got taken in by him and talking about, I fell in love with you, with him. And like we said, like, like the moment I saw him and I was like, oh, and I, it just seems like a whole complete dramatization of a situation. So I checked out when I saw the video and I was like, I can't watch this and take it any, take it seriously. I can't engage in this performance. Whether it means whether it will cause him to, I think he's packing stuff in his arsenal. These guys get so arrogant in this space um, that they think they're untouchable. So I just can't tell which side Boris is going to flip flop on. I just don't know. I don't necessarily see him quitting, but I do feel like he's going to wumble waffle Frim's way through whether lockdown will lift or not and stuff like that. I don't know if he'll leave. I, there was a point when I thought he'd, he'd use something as an excuse to go, but it's like. He's still, I don't know. I, I, but the thing for me is if he resigns and who, like, 
who succeeds him and I, it's not even it's about like I don't like what's his name Keir Starmer from Labour I don't remember he just seems like another conservative in a red what is it blue what colours Labour now whatever the case red suit I don't believe him and we definitely don't want pretty or any the conservatives in power so I'm a bit sad about the whole thing like who's actually going to be someone that we can marginally trust to lead us to some sort of calm and common sense there ain't no one so partly it's like I don't want Boris there but I'd actually yeah rather an empty seat but anyway, I don't know if he's going to go. I don't care. I, my main issue is how the hell she fell in love with what she saw. What do you see in someone like that? Where is Where does the sexy begin and end with him? I mean, I know where it ends for me, but I just don't know how it started for her and continued. She had a whole sexual affair with that man. Maybe Boris has got good backs. <laughs> Might have good chat. <laughs> okay, you know what? I want to do an experiment. Let's all of us go out and let Boris... Like, come on, like, Boris is not even uh, even a minuscule of the type of type that we like. He's not even in the right hue. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's not. We don't not do wazzles around here, do we? Let's no. face it. We don't do, yeah, we don't do, um, what are they called? I was say cockroaches, scarecrows. <laughs> Cockroach. It's probably more, right. Um, you know what? I, I'm I'm in between. I th- I think like Auntie Farah, this is probably one of the stepping stones to his resignation. But also, it's just the lack of um, politicians coming out and being like he needs to be held accountable for the accounting when he was mayor. Like, actually, so was you paying her? Is she an escort? Like, it's like I'm hoping maybe when we get to prime minister's questions that somebody's actually going to bring this up. Like, actually, you need to speak on this because there hasn't been a statement so far other than his friends coming out and saying she has a vendetta against him. But either way, I was also reading, I don't know if this has been verified, that their affair was while his wife was having cancer treatment as well. And it's just like, this guy is so disgusting. Then you cheated on her again with the baby mother now. Like, the latest baby mother was in their marriage, the straw that broke the camel's back. And it's just like, this guy, how can we remotely trust him? It's similar to Sharon. It's like, I, you can't trust any of them. But I do feel that when the person really like lets down the, the side, like the facade, that they are responsible and they you can trust them in some way, then they need to go for all of us. Like how He's so untrustworthy in all departments but especially the lackadaisical way that he is a philanderer is like, no, nah, he's an absolute liability. You can't even cheat well. Like <laughs> Each time you cheat, you get caught. Like, he's actually really shit. But then my thing is that, as you said, as, I can't remember who said it, Auntie Shadow, Auntie Farah, that they cheat. Like, politicians are renowned for just cheating. That's it, John Major, isn't it? And, 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 like John Major. Like, it, come, it came out, like, 20 years after they had had that affair. But everyone knew, like you know, Charles and Diet, like all this stuff, everyone, like, it's just part and parcel of the fabric of society. So you can be a pill, a so-called pillar of society as a man, but you, all that stuff is out the window. It doesn't matter because, and then, but on top of that, they're not even, even if, even if they're getting the job right, they're not getting the job right. But this is that thing where, you know, with the, the, the footage of Joe, Joe Biden and tripping up the stairs of the Air Force One, <laughs> 
And we've got this is the example, this is the example of white men failing up constantly. <laughs> they, they, they trip and fall, trip the fall, and they just keep on going to the top. That's just how they rise. But so, also, it goes to the thing that we were talking about last week, where they expect the women to be quiet. Like, yeah. she wants to talk her talk, let her talk her talk. Did you fuck her? Pardon my French. Did you have an affair with her? Yes, you did. So she wants to talk at all. It's just, I mean, part of it is like, how come you're saying it now? But maybe it's, it's to her benefit to say it now. Yeah, it's or he just told her, like, you know, I need a way out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is <laughs> <laughs> the beans now. Like, who, who knows what they are up to? But he is looking extremely old. Like, you know, anybody, when they get into power, they age. But for me, Boris is looking extremely disheveled. He's really like standing by. I don't have a barber because barber shops are closed. Like he is living that life. Like my hair is growing. There's nobody to cut it, and then his face is just looking really gaunt as well. So you know, he may just be like, "This isn't what I thought it was going to be, and I need to leave." He, he, he it so isn't what he signed up for. He didn't sign up for this at all. He thought he was going to get like an easy ride. Theresa May did the did the donkey work with bread, Brexit. You know, she got all the backlash even though it was him that was like pushing for it. Let's not forget the yeah. adverts that Boris put on the bus, bus and that stuff there. But, and, and then he just didn't take any of that heat. He left yeah. it to other people. He walked away and then came back in through the back door when it was convenient for him. And he yeah. wasn't voted in at first by the British people. He was voted in by the Labour, uh, by the um, uh, Conservative Party. So he knew what he was doing. He knew, he, but he just didn't anticipate. I mean, who could have anticipated COVID? Not him. And it's made him actually have to do some work. I feel like they knew, but I didn't expect it to get out of hand. This is all written, isn't it? But also, Nana, I feel like you really applied a lot of detail into how he looks. Maybe it's, maybe he could charm you. Could you like Boris? Yeah, yeah, you really described him. I, I, I feel sorry for him because he looks... Oh, like no, stop it. Like, part prince. of his heart no. has gone to, <laughs> to, to the prince. No, no, no. <laughs> to no. Prince Philip. I do, I do feel... Yeah. So, like, he, like, something is happening with Boris... And I feel like it has something to do with the royal family. That's just... See, uh, what I believe is they probably don't tell them the real price that they have to pay when they're prime minister. Just like when they're president. Like, you don't yeah. get to know until you're in the seat. And then yeah. when you're in the seat, they someone comes around and draws their blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I, 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 I absolutely believe some shit like that takes place. And he didn't know. He didn't know what was going to happen. He thought it was it was a good gig. He thought he was going to have power. And then he actually realised, I have less power now than I did before. And I don't want this job anymore. I, I've been to the church that's in the Houses of Parliament. There's a like chapel at the bottom of yeah. it. And I've been in yeah. it. And it's demonic. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah Westminster, Westminster Abbey, that yeah. place there is problematic for myself. There are murals. You can Google it. There are murals on the wall with people being burned. In pots. They're in like cauldrons. People, but we're, but we're the savages. in a church. Yeah, we're the savages. I just thought you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say that that Boris is like a um, you know a rapper that is trying to complete an album and just doesn't want to cut their hair until it's done. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's giving me those kind of vibes. It's not cooked right. yet. And it's all good for him as well because he's like, everyone follow my lead. Look, I'm not getting my hair cut. Look at me. I'm representing, I'm proving that you have to maintain social distancing. Like he used to have good hair before. Do you know? <laughs> 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 Let's get a comment. Okay. 
All right. So we have, um, yeah, that's what Piers is hoping for. I bet he paid her to pipe up now about the affair. Uh, Red Border says bonking Boris Brexit strategy. That's a proper headline. Oh, Candy says he's not going to resign. Um, I think that's Yafa says money and power. Uh, Candy says local elections are coming up, so more MPs are going to pipe up to put themselves on the radar. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. Sistrin says Boris is a disgrace on all levels as a PM, as a father. How many kids? Remember, it's allegedly six, and he won't claim them. And as a man, no school child should ever be sent home because of inappropriate hairstyles when his hair looks like that. You know what? Imagine. Imagine. Also, I wonder if they're taking Boris's passport because he ain't paid his transport. Because he's a very, very, very baby father. Baby father is. Maybe that's okay. why his travel ban is here. <laughs> Maybe it's their way of disguising that they've taken his passport because he ain't made it possible. Let's just ban everyone that no one knows. You sound like him. I think you lot are connected. <laughs> okay, Auntie Farah, what have you heard? Okay, time for a little bit more serious news. So, um, where am I? Let me go to my headline. Uh, so, Verifi Cuddy is the teenage mother who left her baby alone for six days, and she has now pled guilty to the manslaughter of her baby. Her 20-month-year-old baby died um, after being left alone. Now, whilst there's no doubt that she left her child for that amount of time while she went and partied for her 18th birthday, I am a little bit concerned about the fact that the press are vilifying her without totally looking into the backstory so what I want to know is if you guys feel like the system failed her because she was in a mother and baby unit and she was a very troubled teen and had you know gone missing and gone through certain experiences and you know I I just want to know how you feel about this and if you think that the system has a part to play in this as well as obviously her. Auntie Nella. Definitely I think that like from reading I think I read about three different articles on it and one was speaking to her father and it just felt like at at so many levels people weren't communicating with each other like they that her family didn't quite know where she was since she was 14 years old and then you're in contact with um, social services, but she didn't have a social worker. Like there's so many steps to this where it's like, she's actually a really young mum and seems to have lots of troubles as well, has run away, but she didn't have a social worker and she has a child. And within that parameter space of really could be suffering from postnatal depression as well. And it was just like, no, there definitely needs to be an inquiry. And it, yeah, it, the, the press, some some fractions of the press seem to really skate over that and just talk about her like it's just a standard 18-year-old who decided to go on a bender for six days. I think the fact that she was out for six days with various different people as well, it wasn't like she was in one place. She just seemed to be drifting. She could have definitely had a psychotic episode, but I don't know if our justice system actually even takes that into account when there is a real mental health break, they seem to still put you in prison. Like, that that, that shouldn't be taken into account. 
that there's a series of things of failures for this young person that resulted in the death of a child and ruining her life. But that could have all been prevented, really. It's just really, really sad. And what's it going to take for our social services to get the funding, the training, the resources that they actually need to run social services properly so that it is of benefit to people that are in contact with it? Auntie Shadow. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think everything that Auntie Nana just said, actually, um, they could all do better. The fact that she didn't have a social worker at the time is is quite disturbing. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's it's just such a. I think I think the press will always try and make a monster out of someone. Do you know what I mean? And not try and see that their their humanity, especially when they're black or brown. Do you know what I mean? So I feel it's just all very sad and all very disappointing. Um, you will see what happens because, you know, in prisons, um, you know, baby murderers, I don't, I, I, was that infant, infant type, infant cells, something? I can't remember. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, they don't, do, they don't fare well in prison either. Do you know what I mean? So I, I you know, I don't, you know, there is a side of me that's sympathetic to definitely to her and like concerned about her well-being if she's going to be able to survive prison as well. Do you know what I mean? Because she is so young. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of young people out there that just don't, we, I think we underestimate how many young people out there that don't have support. Do you know what I mean? And it's all, you know, people can come out and say things afterwards, but where were you at the time? Do you know what I mean? And like, it's not just, you know, she had friends around, what no one asks, where's your baby? Like, do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. It's just them them kind of things there. It's just, it takes a community to raise a child. It takes a village, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I just feel for her. Yeah, same. Um, I, yeah, I just, it's, it's always that thing with the press that you can't, there's no, there's not enough regulation, um, and I'm definitely more sensitive, not, not more sensitive to her because she's one of ours, and um, we see all these headlines about all types of people who kill children, and your level of empathy will increase or decrease according to the person presented before you and the facts that presented be- before you. So, the re- newspapers really, because I'm looking at some of the headlines, it's just like. You know, she sold tickets online day before baby died. It's all that type of stuff. And it's just, just to set up why I, I always like, why are we at this point? I mean, we've always, I mean, that's, that's news, that's headlines, that's the news. That's what newspapers do. They sensationalize to make sure we read it. But do we, as a society, do we need all of this? It's just give us the facts. Does it have to always be sensationalist and dramatic and stuff like that? Um, just for us to know the information. And also, there is, could there be more regulation until you get, the whole story don't report just willy-nilly without I don't know without care or consideration but again I'm being super super sensitive because I feel like you know this is easily people that we know easily but family member easily that so and if she has been failed she's obviously got she obviously has a situation from leaving home at 14 haven't seen your family since the age of 14 then becoming a young mum like even having a child that that can trigger off your hormonal 
like sensibilities and stuff like that. So if she was already in a risky state, having a child could be overwhelming. She could have been super overwhelmed and escapism was just to go and do something that made her feel like she was young again and free and all that type of, that's the reason. I mean, and I feel like I'm, maybe I'm making excuses. I just can't look at her as like a heartless evil murderer. She might just be, who, who the hell knows, but it's, no matter what, she needed help and she hasn't had help, hasn't had support. So even if she had any type of psychopathic tendencies that, it's just in her nature, regardless of whatever upbringing she had, where were the tools to support her to actually help to see if she, you could have improved her, this person's future, maybe even prevented her from, not not physically, um, but you know maybe she wouldn't have had a child if she had got the help in, and then this wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have a, a child lost, you know what I mean? She might have had the tools to make different decisions where she might have had a child later in life when she's got more of her faculties together, all this type of stuff. Definitely been failed. All round, baby definitely has been failed. She didn't answer this, of course. And yeah, it's just really super sad. Auntie Farah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of you guys. Um, I think the, what's really struck me is that she left home at 14 and, um, you know, she ran away at 14 and her parents didn't know where she was for a very long time. She would return home every so often, but then she would leave again. Her fa- I think it's important to say that her family did really try with her. But once she got to the legal age, the government and everyone stopped informing them of anything to do with her because they didn't have the legal obligation to do so anymore. Um, You know, her sister came out last October and just wanted to clear up a few things and say that they weren't aware that her niece was left for this period of time, that she spoke to her on her birthday and nothing was mentioned. And also, let's just say that someone can say, oh, she's with so-and-so. You know, that's that's if you're going to leave your child for that long, obviously you're not in the right mental state. And when someone asks you about it, you're obviously going to lie about it. I think it's important to mention that the, the, all the things that you guys have said, that she clearly was a troubled teenager. She could have been suffering from postnatal depression. And that is not to take away from the tragedy that's happened to this little baby. That is not to take away from it at all. But she lived in a mother and baby unit. At first, when the story broke, they tried to make out like she was in her flat and she left this baby. She lived in a mother and baby unit that was supported 24 hours a day by staff. Now, I would like to understand why the staff didn't hear this child. For six days, you've got a baby in a room. Clearly, the baby's going to be distressed and screaming at first. How, how did nobody hear this? So there are several failures. The social services have come out and said that the baby wasn't under their watch. Right, the baby wasn't, but you knew about Talia. Um, not, not Talia, what's her name? What's her name? Verify. Yes, yeah, so you knew you knew about Verify. So it's just like, why did you why did you do that? I don't understand like why no one has come out and said anything. It's just it's all very well that she's held her hands up, but like Auntie Sade said, prison isn't always the right place for people to receive the help that they need to receive. And it's clear that this troubled 18-year-old needs to receive some sort of help. She didn't stay in one place when she was gone. She was with several different people, and that may have been because people were asking her questions. That may have been because she didn't feel comfortable in the situation that she'd left behind. Yeah, I just feel like the system totally failed her. And it's very easy to point fingers and say that she's just an insane, criminal, cold-hearted woman who left her child for six days. I think she was failed by the system. She definitely failed her daughter, but she was failed by the system too. Her family has said that they didn't know the father of the child, like they'd only met him once. So there's little things like that. It's not as though everything was stable and she just decided to go out raving. 
So it's just a very, very sad situation. And I would just like to hope that other than her going to jail, that this is actually looked into and investigated. So this type of thing doesn't happen again. People are own mother and baby units for support. And she clearly didn't get any support from that mother and baby unit. Yeah. Um, Antoine, do you want to the comments? Yes. Okay, we have Yafa says, um, why don't they ever ask where the father is when this happens? I too am also interested in the background story on her. Sistrin says, very sad and disturbing case. She was def she has definitely been failed and what would possess her to leave her child alone for six days? She should have been supported better. They were both failed. And Candy said she failed her baby, but everyone around her had failed her for years too. Sistrin goes on to say she is clearly going through something because it because she looked after the child up until this incident, so she must have been going through something. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, I guess the next thing is her sentencing. I wonder how they will sentence her and if it will be empathetic and she will get help. I don't know. Um, I think, sorry, just to add that they did say that they um, are now going to get someone to like going to get doctors and, and people like that to speak to her ahead of sentencing so hopefully something will come out of that but i just think the whole system needs to be looked at to be honest with you yeah 100 percent um auntie shade what have you heard <sighs> okay people so my story is about singer little nas x um whose latest single video um montreo which I think is his name actually, um, has caused a lot of controversy. So basically in this video, what he does is he, um, he plays this character of like an angel type that falls from heaven via a stripper pole and falls right into the lap of the devil, basically Satan. And then he proceeds to give the devil a lap dance and then he, I think he breaks his neck. I think he breaks his neck. He kills him and takes his horns, right? So that's the video. Sorry, spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's the video. So people are mad. Like, honestly, people are mad. Like, the Twitter was going crazy all over. The Republicans, Black Twitter, you know, the the, the angry mums. Like, just everyone was just going crazy this whole, this whole thing um, when this video dropped. And then to kind of add a little cherry on top, Lil Nas decided to team up with an artist brand, Mischief, and release 666 pairs of customized night trainers with, let me just say, three things. One, satanic symbols. Two, a, uh, a, a, a quote from a Bible verse or Bible verse numbers, which was Luke. And I think it says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then number three, a drop of human blood. Um, honestly, I don't think Sneaker World has any, seen anything like this, to be honest. So, like, basically, let me just say, Nike have come out and basically they're, they're suing mischief. They're, they're, they're not having a bar. They're like, they didn't condone this. It's an infringement on copyright, um, trademarking and that sort of thing. So they're not having a bar. Um, and I just wanted to know, what did you guys think? Were you caught up in all the madness? Were you impacted by it? Were you mad about the marketing to children? Were you mad about um, the Church of Satan saying that they applauded the video? Were you mad about the Christianity? 
elements? Um, or do you think that this is just a statement of a black gay artist challenging stereotypes? What do you think? Um, I, I, I've been, I think, to be honest, I've been so busy this past week, I haven't really engaged in this. But I first, well, I first saw it when you put it in, when it was put in our group, and I thought, what the hell? Um, but in, but in sub- subsequently, I've thought, okay, he's definitely challenging all the feelings that he feels as a, as, and he's actually said he's expressed his frustration of being gay and black, all the connotations and negativity that he expressed, and he's, he envies people who can just freely express their sexuality without judgment, and that's usually straight people are the least persecuted when it comes to their sexuality, and he's feeling frustrated. So this was a very, very, very big and dramatic. Um, expression of his frustration all the backlash is to be expected do you know what i'm gonna to go to someone else Atifara, i i i i don't know i don't know i don't know is where i'm at maybe i want to hear um, what okay so basically every video that he's had since old town road has pushed the boundaries and even if you look at old town road it was slightly pushing some people's buttons wasn't it like it was pushing boundaries a little bit but if you look at like that he had a video out over the Christmas period where he was dressed like Santa and elves and all types of things. And people were getting on because he had like women's boots on and, you know, so he's pushing the boundaries and that's what artists do like him. They want to switch it up all the time. Um, (laughs) I didn't know about the Satan worshippers backing this and saying, well, hey, 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 like, I'll be honest. I like to stay away from anything like that. Um, because I'm not inviting certain things into my aura. But I just, I don't know, like, people dress up as devils during Halloween, don't they? No one bats an eyelid. You get all these women dressing up in their little devil costumes with their little devil horns and their tight-fitted red outfits, and no one bats an eyelid. I think a lot of this is because he is gay, and people are like, oh, my God, he's, like, grinding down and giving a, a lap dance to the devil. And, like, what is he representing? And, and, if, and if they're worried about children watching it, then make a kid watch it. I got, I got a daughter. She ain't gonna see that because I don't want her to because it's a bit sexual. In the same way, she's not seen that unedited version of Cardi B's WAP. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's certain things that you have to control. So it is what it is. People that like it, like it. There's always gonna be someone that has to say some kind of shit. Like, let him do his thing, man. Why not? Let him do his thing. As long as he's not actually flaying bodies in his basement, I don't care. Auntie Nana. Um, I found it quite interesting just the amount of people that were really like, look, see, this is the agenda. This is what they're trying to do to our kids because he was like, he was promoted as like a kid's artist. I've never seen him as like kind of child friendly, like in any way, shape or form. I don't think my boys have have really heard anything from him and they definitely haven't seen any of his videos. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think that's because he did say that at one point he did say on Twitter that he's marketing to kids. Kids are his marketing. But I think an artist saying saying what they want doesn't mean that as a parent, you allow that into your child's life. And I think really more than anything, that's the fundamentals that I was getting is people kind of being like, "This this is being rammed down our throats. You're choosing to consume this. 
and then get annoyed about it. And it was just like the conversations going back and forth of this is a part of the agenda, this is what it is, and it really is like how this guy is so far away from your children, but you'll have your child in a choir, you'll have them go into church, you'll leave them with teachers, you'll take them to brownies and scouts. Like literally there are so many different ways that people are indoctrinating and are, molesting your children I think this guy rubbing up on a on a kind of CGI devil is not the worst that takes place in this in this earth at all so I, I really didn't get what the foray was about but I understand that people do get up in their feelings with things that are far away and they hide the shit that's going on in their lives that actually is to the detriment of their family and their children. So it's easy to kind of blame this guy for all the ills in the world when he has very little influence on anybody, really, like realistically, little Nas X means very little to the grand scheme of this earth. And that's probably where we should be focusing our attention on and not on a video that was you know, just like a bad kind of, I just, I, I just think it's a bit of a shit video. I didn't actually think it was even that great. Like visually, I was like, this isn't even like a great video um, depicting the devil in any way. It just looked a bit strange. Like his <laughs> makeup was very Tyler Perry-ish. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I think that's why it's not like, because I think there's so much stuff and people are clamoring for so much attention that actually, is he okay? Let's have that conversation. I'm he, I mean, yeah, I mean, is he okay? I don't even mean like is I mean, well, he's struggling. His thing is he's frustrated with not being able to express himself because he has had a lot of people coming at him since he came out. And he is quite young. So dealing with that in the public eye, especially because he he's super blue with that horrendous song, but he's <laughs> super blue. And being in, thrust into the public eye in that sense, and you haven't even necessarily worked out your sexuality, then you're forced to come out because being in this industry, especially at the in the initial stages, people... Sorry, Auntie Charlotte, you didn't give your opinion. Let me shut up. Oh, no, that's fine. Like that. um, like um, no, I was just going to say, I, I kind of... I, I kind of see it from many different sides. Um, so I'll try and be as quick as possible. Overall, I think it's just attention seeking. That's what I think it's like. The overall, it's that big. It's one big look at me. Do you know what I mean? Like that. That's what the video kind of speaks to me. The song on itself, it, it's okay. Do you know what I mean? But if it didn't have the video, it definitely wouldn't be doing the rounds as what it's doing at the moment. I do think that. Um, even though we can try and protect our children if we feel to, it's very difficult in this day and age because um, access to things doesn't necessarily come from your house. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Either you can get access to the internet from everywhere. So it's difficult to protect your children if you feel you need to from these things. Um, so there is that. Um, and also I kind of thought along the mental health um line because I, you know I think I still I can't remember who it was but someone tweeted and they were saying that not every check is a check that you need to get do you know what I mean because if this guy is you know um you know frustrated upset or whatever kind of thing is you know is is exploiting it in um because we know the music industry has a long history of exploiting black people at the end of the day do you know what I mean so what I just see is it, he's maybe 
is he in control here? Is this his vision? Do you know what I mean? Or is he being coaxed that this should, this is what's going to get you um, talked about? This is what's going to um, keep bloggers writing about you, whatever kind of thing. I think it's, I, I, I was wondering about that, to be honest. The wigs were bad, definitely. Tyler Perry bad. It was, it, they were awful. Uh, it was distracting, actually. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. And then also as well, there were parts where, you know, characters, he's playing himself, he's kissing himself. Like, he's very narcissistic. It's so, like, overdone, you know. Maybe that's a... uh Maybe he's trying to say something about vanity um, and that sort of thing, or you know, is it Icarus or no? Not um, who's no, not Icarus. Is is too close to the sun? Yeah, no, 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 not too close to the sun. But I guess it's got that element of it, isn't it? Kind of thing. The one that fell in love with his reflection. Um, what narcissist? Narcissist. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know it was the same name as what we called it. Um, so, yeah, and I just think also as well, so two other things is that um, we as a society are very good at pretending that we're really liberal and we're not. Do you know what I mean? Like, And it comes out time and time again with these things that actually is when you drill it down, it's like, what are you upset about? Like, do you know what I mean? It's just like if he was, if this was, you know, a different artist, a female, a heterosexual artist doing this, would it be so much as a big thing? Do you know what I mean? Or the shock value may not um, be as in the same way. Do you know what I mean? Because I was thinking about Azalea Banks, like how she's re- received. That's probably like more of a fair comparison. I was thinking about Madonna when she done like, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's just so many like, you know, I just think, like, what are people really, really upset about? And the last thing is about Christianity. Like, I think, like, if you're a Christian, I think you, you could be within your right to be upset about this. Do you know what I mean? If, if that's religion and that's what you believe, like, I just think it's it's probably the what You couldn't do this um, without fearing for your life about Islam. You couldn't, you couldn't do this. You couldn't do this without fearing for your life. Take me about, about Judaism. You couldn't. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like Christianity is often that you can just take the piss no matter what. And it's not respected by people. However, at the same time, I was thinking, though, if he's praising or incorporating the Church of Satan then he might be within his right. So I don't think I've got a full conclusion, just, like, thoughts about it. Um, but I, you're right about the Christianity thing, and that's, like, the way they came back. I can understand that this is going to shake them to the very core. I don't know if his family being, I mean, if you're a very stereotypical African-American family, usually very, very deeply rooted into church. I don't know how his family feel about this and if they're feeling extremely scared, worried for his soul. Um, it's, a, it's a lot to be presented with if you're very deeply religious, for sure. And if he's endorsing the church of Satan, some of this, all a lot of this, uh, sometimes I feel like this is quite symbolic. I'm not welcoming anything like that because I don't understand it. Less about the fact whether I believe in all of this stuff. It's more like, I don't like playing with things I don't understand. And let me just avoid it until I can get better understanding and grasp on what these things are. Because I think people were saying like, even the, 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 the symbol of the star that's been adopted by the satanic church means something else in other cultures and religions. So the fact that, you know, it's all those type of things. So it, it, what applies to one group doesn't apply to another. So which, which evil or good cancels each other's out when you're focused on a certain way of living? Do you know what I'm saying? So all of that is just imagery and it starts to become a little bit of false nonsense. Um, what I was saying before is the fact that he was 
his song appealed to kids, kids adopted him, adopted him because that song appealed to kids. So then he was automatically assumed to be a kid's artist. So I think that's why he had to declare, well, he wrote it, accepted that, I guess, and then realized, no, actually, I need to branch away from that because I can't express myself. So I think it's very hard to be young, super famous, and, and work out who you are. We've seen it time and time again with so many young artists, especially when it comes to their sexuality and who they want to be, um, having to do it in the public eye, and they just get all sorts of nonsense going on. So I think check-in, mental health check is necessary. Um, just to say about Nike suing Mischief, they didn't sue them about the holy water shoes that they had as well. Like they, they released some holy water shoes with a, with a certain amount of holy water in the bubble. They didn't sue them. So again, they bought into the icon, the iconography of devil bad, it's all bad, so we're going to sue you. But you didn't sue them about the holy water stuff. And... I don't know what if we would be offended by holy water, but someone might be. So what you know, I mean, has to keep 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 the balance. But also, real it's, and real holy water though, like, has yeah. or are they just saying? Like, has someone actually done like a DNA test? No, apparently, apparently it's from like some some holy river or something. So yeah, no, for the blood. Well, but either way, the blood the blood is from an employee, so it's an employee huh? of mischief. It's like their yes, their blood that alone is weird. Like, no, that, I mean, but for some people, it might not be seen as weird. Do you know what I mean? But like, Angelina but Jolie, Angelina Jolie was wearing her when she was married to that guy. She was wearing a vial of blood. Like, there are people that believe different things. But, yeah, but so my, my my point is, in regards to that, someone somewhere might be. It's because it actually the whole suing thing is about that creative license. So I went into the bit of the business side when looking at this story. When you're suing organisations for doing creativity, like there's fair rights in taking a brand that's well known and then recreating it and profiting mm-hmm. of it. So there's that, but that's the argument that that Nike's using, and also Mischief are going to use their defence in that. Well, there is this license where we can do this, but it, Nike is coming down and simply because of the, dev, of the devil um, reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it was anything else, they'd be cool. So it's kind of like, you know, they would lose. They would lose if they if they kind of didn't say anything. They would yeah. lose customers. People would yeah. start burning Nikes. Do you know what yeah. I mean? At the end of the day, because but for how long? The world is high, is highly. You know, it's Christianity at the end of the day. Yeah. So they can't be seen to be supporting anything but, like, not not anything but, but they can't be seen to be supporting the opposite of Christianity, which is Satan. Of course. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They can't be seen to support that. But it's so interesting because all these things, it's like, you know, to the extremities, this will blow over as well. So it's like, Nike, making all this, I'm going to sue, but actually, you lose a few people, but, but when the next North Jordan's drop, Trust and believe. Everyone who's like, I burned my nights. They're like, I've got. Sorry, to cut you, but do you think that little Nas X is going to survive this? Yeah, yeah. The way the world is now, we're so full of nonsense. Yes, I just think he didn't take time. I don't, I don't, I don't think. What so. do you think? What do you think? He won't. Um, he won't be able to do another tune and have followers. I think. I think he will lose followers because I think it's a bit too far. Like I think he's just gone one. I, I don't think he's very. His execution is necessarily very good, but I think yeah. he's gone one step too far. And people are not as liberal as they think. Like the ma- the, the, the 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 majority of people, I think. I think are just not. Do you know what I mean? So, and I don't think that's a good thing. But I, I, we're not as liberal. We're not there yet. No, I get that, but I just think that um, again, maybe it's touched because I haven't watched the whole video. I've just seen a clip of something. This is foolishness. I just, his cane rose alone. Come on, <laughs> but, um, um, but I just thought maybe it's that because it's not because the video is even just down to the fact that because the video is not that good and it seems silly and he's making he's playing games with everybody. So I feel like once people see that, they're like, 
okay, you're just being stupid. No, Whereas it, it, okay. no right. I, I think he's trying to, he, he's, he's trying to say a lot with it. Like when you've got like the Rolling Stones were the ones that um, interviewed the church of Satan. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like if, if it's that low, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think that, you know, Christian mothers are going to be okay with their children listening to little nuts. Unless, unless it does, unless he does like a Marilyn Manson, do you know what I mean? Like where he just have, but you have to go full throttle into that world. And I don't know if he's necessarily about that. I think he's just more about being controversial. Yeah, that's that's why. Well, let's get the comments because we've got to move on. All right. Yatha says, what I find interesting is that Christians literally tell gay people that they are going to hell and then he literally did it. I can't take folks seriously who turn a blind eye to priests molesting children. Hypocrites. And Candy says, I love it. Um, um, On Andrea says, done purely for shock value. Sistrin says, Gaga will raw meat to an award ceremony. It's all about the shock factor. And Candy says, I think Christians should sit this one out um, when it comes to talking about satanic behavior. And Yafa says, he is an expert troll and all he is doing is trolling with this video. Okay, we shall see what happens. Let's go into what aunties know best. And this is the part where we solve your problems, we help you with your issues and your dilemmas. Please send them in. Don't forget, in our inbox, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, message us, let us know what your problem is and we'll solve them. But by the way, reminding you, none of us are doctors, psychiatrists, therapists or anything. We're just giving you advice. If you take it, take it. If you don't, don't. But don't blame us or sue us because we're not having it. I'm giving you the disclaimer. Keep it moving. Who has a problem that we... Ooh. I have one. I'm going to eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a fish by its toe. If it greens, let it go. Eeny, meeny, I don't know. Um, <laughs> round around the garden, catch a bird. Go on to Sade. <laughs> Try to be fair. Okay, cool. Okay, my one is an internet one um, from at uh, Black Love Page. Um, so it says, today I found out my husband of nine years had a one and a half year old son. I'm beyond devastated and I don't know what to do. Um, I hate to feel like this, but I can't see myself accepting this child or loving it. It's such a betrayal. The worst part of it is I found out we were doing, um, as we were doing a loan application to purchase our first first home together on the credit report, it said, um, back, uh, back child support obviously I thought it was a mistake but he told me the painful truth he indeed had a child um he found out about it in June so uh here we are eight months later I f- I found out from a complete stranger um I know the child is innocent and he asked if he could move we can move past this would I support him in getting a visitation or some custody the youngest um is 10 and I have no desire to be a, a mum or a stepmother to anyone. Please advise. Auntie Nana. I, I think the um, person writing it stated the answer for themselves. If you have no intentions of being a stepmother or having a baby around in your life, then you know what the answer is. You need to leave this man because I think 
for me, if I was the guy who stepped out and I have a child, my child now becomes before this marriage. So I wouldn't have my partner who I've cheated on be like, it's me or, or your child. Like I would be like, it's my child. Whatever I did, if I was in the wrong, I could have been cheating on you for 20 years. It doesn't matter. The child is here. That's part of me. That That child comes before you. So she should just leave, like, just start again. There are plenty more fish in the sea. There's flipping billions of humans. Like, there's a better man out there. There's a man that doesn't have a child that you could have a child with. Like, there's just better people out there. He isn't the only guy. Let it go. Antifara. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I mean, the trust is broken, for one. It's going to be very, you know, he didn't even tell her when he found out, he waited for them to be applying for a mortgage or whatever the hell it was to tell her. So the trust is broken. But I, I, I absolutely agree with the fact that the point that you made about if she doesn't want to be a step parent, she should walk away. Because the thing is, children feel that energy. And if you're not in it, she, and you're going to be resentful to the man, you're going to be resentful to the child, you're not going to want the child to come around then that child's not going to have no real life with that parent and their siblings. So if you really, really want to remove yourself from the situation, you can't ask him to choose because the kid, the child does come first. Like no matter what's happened and how fuckeries he's been, the child absolutely comes first. And as I said, the trust is broken. It's time for you to move on. It's time for him to move on and face his responsibilities and just deal with that. Like he, he can't expect you. You didn't sign up for this, right? You signed up to have a marriage with him and, and have children with him and be in that scenario. You didn't sign up for this extra added thing. So move on. And he needs to move on and just look about his child. That's what he needs to do. Yep. Same. Because, yeah, the trust is broken immediately. And, yeah, if you can't be, yeah, I, I, can't, I feel like I'm going to repeat everything that you lot said. You can't um, fake it. Child will feel it. And... He lied to you. And that's the thing. He didn't even come clean and say, look, this has happened. I made a mistake. He lied to you. So you're going to force yourself to be in a situation that you're not happy about. It's not by force. You don't have to. And he's shown that he's not trustworthy. He cheated on you and he's created a child and he didn't tell you till you were about to do a certain situation. And that's when it was revealed. That shows he's absolutely not trustworthy. And what's to say is he wouldn't do it again. So, I mean, it's very, very easy solution. You said it. Leave him. That's Let's get the comment. Go, go on, Natasha. I was just going to say, that's in I feel that's very interesting because I feel like there's so many um, families out there where this happens. Do you know what I mean? Uh, or that there's a, a, a half brother and sister there. Do you know what I mean? And they grow up knowing each other. And that's because, the, you know, the, the, usually because the, the mother or the wife kind of thing has allowed that to happen. So I feel like, I don't know if leaving is the norm. Do you know what I mean? So I thought that was kind of interesting. When I was seeing in the comments, it was like, you know, uh, it was interesting getting different people's perspectives, I guess. What are you going to say? No, I was just, just going to say, I know women that this has happened to. And yeah, the siblings have a bond. And the siblings are, you know, like the siblings have, they have a bond and they are proper. But the, the parents aren't together. The person who's cheated on and created this extra, this additional child, the parents aren't together. They may stay together for a while, but the people that I know, and I know multiple, multiple people this has happened to, their parents mm. aren't together. And I'm not, that's not to say that it's impossible, but it is a very difficult and fraught situation to expect someone to, uh, you know, to, to adapt to because the trust between those two people they've got. 
but often like you said the mothers allow it to happen because they they take the importance of their children bonding the children you know like yeah. you've got to bond with your sibling you've got to know who your family are the mothers the mothers always take um control of that situation so yeah i was just going to say because she um it's because she's prefaced the letter the message the situation with i don't want to so that's when it's like that's then don't you don't have to but if she was feeling conflicted like i don't know what i should do then it's like well consider what your capabilities are do you have the strength to deal with this and take it on because yes then ultimately if you want to stay with a man it's your business kind like just but you've got to what steps are you going to take to ensure that it doesn't happen again you're not going to be hurt again and are do you have the strength to look at this addition to your family that you didn't ask for with love because the child is ultimately going to feel affected if you ex exhibit any type of side-eye behavior that you could have avoided if you just knew that you weren't strong enough to handle it and leave and maybe sometimes you don't even know you don't know until you're in the situation you're like oh, okay do you know what this child's actually pissing me off and i can't see past the infidelity that it was the child was born out of so i've got to go so but if you've got already the discomfort from originally from the from the jump it's, you don't have to stay with well, him. I feel like, to, wouldn't it like, like take some time? Because I read that as like maybe like a re knee-jerk kind of reaction. That's what, I, I, that's what I was reading for that. And I do think like children feel things actually or have the ability to. So I just, I just wondered whether it's like you maybe you need to take that time because I do think like if you take that stance as a woman, there's kind of, sometimes there's no going back from that. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone will know that you kind of, decided not to have this person welcome and that can also impact the child too so i just I, I just think it's not it's not even though she said that does she really mean that that's fair i think that's fair I, but i think i suppose in this new new this um in the perspective where women are now being well supposedly being more free to not feel like the be all and end all is being in a relationship. We, I think we've talked about it many times and we've told women to leave for let for, for a skinny ring. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's, but, you know, I, I, you know, I'm being silly. <laughs> um, you know, I just, it's, but in that sense, where if you really, and it is a question of if she's knee jerking, obviously really consider it, but you are, aside from a child being created, the man, it's more about the man lied to you and he didn't come to you as a man and say, I've made the mistake and I've created a child. He, it was a revealing that he wasn't, didn't want to, you know what I mean? He wasn't honest in his approach. He was already cheated. There's a multitude of things that just shows his character. It's more about assessing the man's character rather than the child at this point. And in that respect, it's the man's fault. She shouldn't necessarily have to feel the guilt if she doesn't want to take on another child that she didn't ask for because he cheated on her. So I think that's, explore those things, but you're right. If it's just a knee jerk without her considering all these type of things, and she, at the time she presented this scenario, she hasn't thought about it. She's just angry and she's venting. Then yes, yeah, consider all of those all those things. But the top thing is, the man cheated. He lied about the cheat. He had created a whole child a year and a half, and then only you only found out when you're about to do a whole big new move in your family. That's the part we need to consider the man. And he's also asking for help in <laughs> him being able to get access to this child. It's just like piss off. Like on all on so many different levels, this guy sounds absolute waste because it's eight months ago and he didn't take it upon himself to get his self sorted out. It comes out when you're buying a house, which I bet you is her money that is probably doing a lot of this stuff buying stuff. And then you want to be like, okay, so this is the truth, yeah. And um I, I I'm gonna need help. 
like trying to get access. That's that's none of my business. Absolutely none. So from then on, like it's like I'll buy this house by myself. You can go and bond with your newborn baby. Like leave me alone. Like there's nah nah. Sounds he sounds ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. <laughs> Let's get the comments. <laughs> okay. All right. So oh. Uh, uh, Uncle Ronald missed us. Uh, I guess he thought we were starting at six o'clock. That was just a one-off. We are back at Sorry, guys. from now on. Um, okay, so where do we go from? Um, Stace says it's a fact that he it's the fact that he had unprotected sex, so he put the wife's life at risk. That's a violation. Period. Leave and go. And Red Border said, it is about what she wants or what is best for, is it about what she wants or what is best for her children? And Stace says, when the trust has been broken, you can't stay as you will be forever wondering if he is sleeping around and you and you can't have that feeling. Andrea says, if she ultimately wants to stay with her husband and move forward, she is going to have to open her heart and her home up to this child. She she had no right to deprive this child of its father. And Yafa says, men are trifling all over the globe. God grief. Good grief. <laughs> um, did she, sorry, I missed that. Did she stop the dad from seeing the child? No, no it was, she doesn't stop. have the right to. Yeah, she 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 what she doesn't want. She doesn't want to be a stepmother, so she's that, no, that she doesn't want to be a stepmother. But she's got her own child. She's got her own child with children with him. Yeah, she said my youngest that. is ten. So they, I don't think she's going to have a choice. To be honest, yeah, she ain't got If she stays with him, just to be a stepmother for sure. Yeah, no, she doesn't well, have no, to be a stepmother. Doesn't, doesn't have to be a stepmother. She because just has to. Is, yeah, because if if she doesn't stay with him. And he he's in the child's life, yeah. And that child, her children, like in, yeah. when she's around, she's the stepmother. It's the role. Like, I think, you know, yeah, because I I I don't. I suppose stepmom is used loosely in some situations. Like the minute the man's got another woman, then in, in quote, she's in the mother role. So the children, that's that's my stepmom. She's not written, not unless it's in the same house type of thing. It's just this is loose lips, isn't it? Like just loose slang yeah. talk so i yeah my thing is it's just important that the kids know each other and i'm saying yeah, that that's even, like you know like i'm from a family and there's more of us from different yeah in fact andrea is my sister um so do you know what i mean like it's just like we we it's important that the kids know each other that's the main thing but if she can't the main the other thing is that the trust between her and the man is broken that's one thing mm. the, yeah. se- the other thing is the relationship between her children and this new child, they deserve to know each other. Absolutely, but the dad can be the like he's the he he can be the main thing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just saw that comment as well. Um, Candice has just put up a comment saying, "Is his name Derek?" Uh, listen, <laughs> actually, okay, Derek Jackson is a candidate to do this type of shit. And his wife be like, this was all God's plan and yeah. I have to have this child with me. Like, yeah. you know. Derek no. Jackson, damn. That's all I've got to say about that. I have a dilemma. Is everyone done with this one? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. 
Dear aunties, my best friend and roommate was put on furlough last March. She's been getting 60% of her wages and it's been a real struggle for her. To help her get by, I borrowed her some money to help with bills as I'm still working. This was about six months ago. The problem is becoming the problem is I'm becoming resentful because she's been doing a lot of online shopping um, and hasn't thought to pay me back. I'm not very I'm not very confrontation can't say confrontational person, but I'm uh, worried about saying anything. If I see her with another ASOS package, I might lose it. What do I do, KD? Auntie Shade. (laughs) So. You gotta talk to her, man. Seriously, you need to see. Like, run me my money. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> you need to catch the post. And be like, "Where's my money? You're not getting anything until I get my money." <laughs> nah, I just mean talk to her. I think like you know, you can't you can't be suffering in silence when you live with someone. Oh my god, like you know, you have to say something. And but the thing is. It's not about, I don't know, uh, I don't know. Sometimes people can be so funny about money. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like just have the conversation. You just don't know what the situation is at all. Like even from, even though it looks like she's flouting her wealth at the moment, it might not really be the case. Do you know what I mean? So maybe she's, maybe, maybe give her the benefit of that. Maybe she's forgotten. Maybe she can't afford to pay it back all in one go. Set out like a little payment plan if that's the case. But if you want to get petty, now nah, you catch the post. Honestly, serious. I'll, I'll exchange it for my money. Auntie <laughs> Nana. Yeah, um, I would just like one evening when you're sitting there and maybe she's wearing some new ASOS thing, just be like, yeah, so the money that I lent you, let's just come up with a payment plan because you're you're still not getting your full money like just so that it chips away because you know debt plays on people's minds and we don't need that friction like just actually like really go into solution orientation and be like what what do you think you can afford 50 pound a week like just she'll probably say no 50 pound a month you're probably not going to get all of your money back is the truth of the matter uh, but at least you tried a solution to it i think she's definitely shown that you're not a priority in paying back if you know that somebody's lent you money but you're buying clothing or stuff from ASOS whether it be flipping makeup or whatever I would say that you're you've got a good like 50% chance of getting that money back and then there is that saying though don't lend people stuff that you can't lose so maybe you can just chalk this up to lesson learned this is somebody that I don't lend money to but before I go into the extreme I've lost my money I would try and come up with a a payment solution Uh, I I I can't hold on to ASOS stuff that's too that's too confrontational like I would expect to escalate that into an argument and she may want an argument people are flipping devious she actually may want an argument and then she can be like, you're a bitch, blah, 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 and still not pay you your money. I mean, you've got the stuff, and you can sell the stuff. No, be, be super sympathetic. And I understand, mm-hmm. pay me a tenner a week, blah, blah, blah. however, like, just try and get your money back. But you probably are not going to get it back. Um, I love the idea of catching the post and having it all stacked up in my room. Have you seen my stuff? <sighs> See how, it's, see how see see how it goes from day to day. Nah, man, might even go one step further. Fits me, looks nice on me. Just walk out and see if she says anything. 
Too late, I'm going. And especially like everything that looks nice on me, just keep it. Maybe passive aggressive beyond pace, like wait for her to say something. It's like, I haven't got my stuff. That looks like what I ordered. And I'm like, oh, the stuff, the money that you're supposed to pay me back on and you're buying stuff. So let's have a conversation about that. I'll, I'll wash it and give it back to you otherwise. But let's have a but that's being, and I don't even know if I really would do that, but that's the levels. I'd love to take it. That'd be just so fun. Um, but reality is, have the conversation. It's like, depending on the nature of your friendship, I know it's awkward sometimes to bring up my money, frightens people to talk about it. But the best thing is, I think a um, conversation I've had with some girls recently, one of my girls recently, is like, the things that make you feel awkward, you know those are the conversations you've got to have up front. Force yourself to say it. That's the first thing you've got to say, like, listen, I feel awkward as fuck about this. I'm noticing that, and I'm knowing my character, I make it like slightly joke of like, listen, you know, I'm stressed. I can't take it. You're buying bare things. You owe me money. Well gone. How do we resolve this? Because you're freaking me out. I feel like to take the things and wear them and I feel like I'm going to take the next package. If you can kind of approach it in some sort of bantery way, <laughs> hopefully they take the hint and just be like, okay, now, do you know what? It's, you know, yeah, I'll take in a piss. Here you go. Or whatever, whatever. Find payment plan. I might feel resentful if it's like, if you, depending on the amount of money that they owe me as well, Ten pound a month or something, no, and you're still and then you're still ordering on top of that ten pound a month. No, that's not going to make me feel good. It's not. You need to stop ordering or order it to your mum so I don't see it. So just don't do it. Don't let me see more packages come whilst we're still in this situation. Let's calm down and let's maybe work out a payment plan that you stop. You've got a problem in it. You keep buying from ASOS. So let's not go back there and stuff like that because it's affecting our rent money and our bills and utilities. What's happening there on that quite side of things? You can pay everything else, but you can't pay me. You're mugging me off. So, you know, but I really would, I actually feel like I want this to happen to see like how far I could get. And if I could just hoard the things, wear them in their face and see what happens. I'd love for that experiment. Let's get the comments. I'd like to talk. I feel like you express That's why I just get back. You know, I needed this to Shade, then I remembered, and then I forgot again. I interesting. I feel like it was Auntie AK that did this shit to me. I'd be saying, give, like Rihanna said, bitch better have my money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, would, you wouldn't let me get away with it. I wouldn't let you get away with it. But exactly. It's mad, because... She might be ordering stuff to make herself feel better and then sending it back, you know, so it's never really taking effect from her from her card or credit card or however it is that she's getting it. She might be, what's that thing that you can pay in three months? Clania, she might oh, be no. doing that. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Might, she might be doing all of these things because she's depressed and feeling I'm down. Clana, you know money, man. Listen. <laughs> Clana to pay me back. Yeah. I'm making these excuses, but... At the same time, I know me. I would be res- mad resentful, and I'd be like, "I'm not being funny enough in here, but I'm paying all the bills." Like, where's your dough? I keep seeing you rolling in with all these ASOS bags. What's happening? I would have to confront her because I'd start being vindictive, like wheeling the fridge into my bedroom and like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, like where the fuse box is. I'd be taking off all the lights to any area that she's in and putting a padlock on the fuse box so the lights only work in my bedroom and the bathroom when I say so. Because no, you can't be living for free. Nobody lives for free. You see me, I'm getting up, I'm going to work and you're ordering ASOS and you owe me money. No, that's a that's a blatant disrespect. And then I'm probably buying the food and you're eating up all the food <laughs> in the kitchen. Like, no, no. Me and you have, to, if you're my bridging, me and you have to have a conversation. I've said yeah. to you, so what do you think is going to happen? 
I don't want it in installments because I never gave it to you in installments. And if you give it back to me in installments, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. I'm going to end up spending it on coffee. And that's not how I gave it to you. So no, no, I'll have to have a conversation with you. you got to own your shit. Pay me back. Have my money. Now you can go to the comments. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so Andrea says, open your mouth or take the L. Uh, she also says, it may be on, on her credit card. Stace says, never give money to somebody in the hope of getting it back. Talk to her, tell her you would like the money. If she doesn't pay back, just let it go and don't lend again. Marsha says, never loan more than you are going to miss. And Stace says, maybe she is paying it off on the never, never laugh out loud. Um, Candy says, print out a payment plan and pin it on her door. Andrea says, no, I don't want it back in increments. Uh, you never got it in increments and that's your sister. Absolutely makes sense. <laughs> um, as Stace says, uh, Yes, yeah, start taking her ASOS and call it even. And when she asks about the packages, you tell her you will investigate <laughs> or lock off the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Pain. Ronald says, I lent a friend some money. He didn't pay me back. Months later, he asked me to lend him more money. I told him that he hadn't paid back the previous loan. He said that was last year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Apparently, loans have like a sell by date. Like, no. <laughs> if you wait a year, it, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's the confidence that was last year. It's a race now. <laughs> no, nah, I don't even know what I would do in that situation. Let's that try it. Auntie Farah, borrow me some money. Let's just see. No, you're richer than me anyway. <laughs> You got all the pounds. <laughs> in spirit, my love. I'm richer in spirit. Um, okay, moving on, moving on. Two, <laughs> for the culture. For, for, for the culture. For the culture. You do so well, and then you just took a left turn. I can't cope with it. Anyway, for the culture, you know what? I had, we have a little tiny for the culture, but then I thought, oh, shoot, there's something else I want to talk about. Let's see what we've got um, time for. So my first for the culture was last night, finally, after all the controversy, all the drama. All the drama. All the drama. Rochelle Humes' um, documentary, which is actually a Dispatches documentary. It's a Dispatches is a regular series that looks into investigative series that comes on Channel 4 over the years so it wasn't an original documentary which i again i originally thought it was a dispatches half an hour episode about um mothers black mothers in mat having maternity issues and dying in childbirth so i didn't have the title to hand and um, the proper title um and i watched it and then i thought after all the drama and all the controversy was it all worth it because i i don't know if you guys watched it i don't know how you guys felt but i felt all the drama it just was not worth the noise Auntie, who watched it first of all? Okay. I don't... Am I the only one that watched it? Oh, Auntie Farah didn't put her hand up. And I knew she had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, I, I 
Auntie, Auntie I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Um, I didn't watch it because I, I, I thought it was going to be too traumatic, and I just I'm just uh, not in that space at the moment. So I, that's why I didn't watch it. But I just wanted to shout out Naomi, um, who's actually uh, one of my ex colleagues, kind of thing. He was in it, so um, okay. so hopefully it all went down well. Um, but yeah, is Naomi the one that lost her sister? I don't know the story. I think I think she was one of the first people on the on the thing. Okay. Yeah. Um should I go? Yes. I, I would I would say that it's probably wise. I think once it started, the beginning part I did find quite traumatic. And um I did think it was really what we kind of thought it would be, like it would just be playing on um Black Tears. Mm-hmm. And it would be reliving lots of traumatic experiences, and it kind of was like that. But overall, it lacked depth. It was precisely what I thought it was going to be. It was very vanilla. Um, and even I love dispatches, and I felt that this was like a weak one for them, which I would expect. But again, the centering, her opening statements, like as a mixed race woman, we are three times more likely and black women are five times and it's dropped slightly. So it's four point something now, just a lot of the centering around it. And this is a black, it's a, it's a black women's issue, black family issue. I just really was like, she was most definitely the wrong person, but it did not need the foray that it actually galvanized because I think it had more people watching a really lily livered, documentary that um isn't gonna do isn't gonna do much like I just didn't see what the point was and watching it it's like she had gone to the hospital that I actually gave birth in Newham Hospital and they're talking about an initiative that they have where they keep the same type of team working with you when you go in to have birth they definitely didn't have that when I was there and that hospital was absolutely shit and everybody that looked after me was black but they were still racist and her lack of probing NHS staff to give reasons was infuriating. It was so annoying because you're asking a question and you're accepting, I don't know what the problem is. What type of bullshit is that? It's like that didn't even need to be shown. A doctor saying, I don't know why we have this isn't OK. And to allow him to say it and then kind of give him an answer. I know it's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? It's, it was just, ah, oh, it was annoying. It was annoying. But I did... It was annoying and I did get tearful at parts because it was quite triggering to a lot of circumstances that I was very fortunate to have still have my life and have children. But there's so many close calls and it kind of just brought that all back up to the surface again, just how lucky I was in the hospitals I was in and the few nurses that would listen to you like both of my babies had jaundice and it and I was being discharged with Akaija, the second born and it was the nurse that had I had three days in a row that spotted he was getting yellow because he was quite pale when he was born it was like she just noticed his melanin's dropping in but it's not coming through how it should be he's not going red he's going yellow I think it's jaundice again if I didn't have that consistent care we may not have spotted that and I could have got him home and, you know, all sorts of things could have happened from there. So it was, it was triggering, but was 
didn't it's not going to solve anything it wasn't illuminating in any way other than oh my god these poor black women have it hard and nobody was held to account it was just vanilla auntie farah um yeah i felt the same it was very very lightweight it's almost as though it was the documentary before the documentary that we actually need to see um you know, she went round and she, I, I wanted her to speak to the NHS. I wanted her to ask them questions about these are the stats. I wanted her to go to, you know, the, the, um, the government and speak to them about the statistics that are there and speak to them about the fact that when they did this report, they said they acknowledge there's a problem, but they're not going to do anything about it or that they should do, but they're not going to right now. Those are the things that I wanted to. It was extremely triggering. It was extremely sad to hear the stories from the women that had gone through things. Um, but I think we always knew that we were going to see that. But I wanted to see her investigate because with dispatches, that's what I'm looking for. And it was almost like a dispatches light. It was like a, yeah, it was, you know, I, I, I don't think, I also, I know this is controversial, but I didn't like when she brought her cousin in. I felt like oh. she brought her cousin in to show, I've got black people in my family. Yes. And I know it's controversial for me to say that, but it's all, her cousin didn't add anything to it for me. You know, her, it's not like her cousin had a story. Her cousin said, okay, all my births were different. But it's not like her cousin had a story tied into this actual problem and was able to say, this is the treatment that I received. Or even if she did, I, don't, I didn't feel like she went into much depth about it. She so didn't. absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. My problem with this whole documentary was that it lacked depth. Um, I feel like more things could come off of the back of this. Because, yeah, it's out there now and maybe people want to know more about this. I feel like that. And I said that from before. This is the opportunity for us to push forward more stories and more investigation investigations into this problem. But it was definitely too lightweight for me. She wasn't necessarily the right person for this subject. But if you're going to have a lightweight documentary like it was, then she probably was the best person for it. Because you didn't get much out of it. I didn't learn anything more than I knew before. Um, from the, from this documentary, but yeah, yeah, I, I exactly pretty much what you guys are saying. In the beginning, I was it was it was emotional, but it was I then started to get angry with my emotion because it's black pain again rolled trolled out in this lightweight documentary. So it then also then seemed not that the people who were expressing their sad stories was performative, but the the the, the points of the documentary was performative. We're going to have them zoom in close on these women crying and telling their stories, zooming close on the tear dropping down Rochelle's face. And it's funny because I was not funny, but I was looking at her face to see when she would cry. Then she, then the tear came. And it's just like, this is, I don't, it's not good enough. And the noise is unfortunate was justified and not because Candice's reaction to this wasn't worth what happened in the end. So she, if she'd known Either, either way, whatever side you believe of why she came out and how she came out and, and came, spoke out about this situation, whether she was naive to the fact that actually this, this was already, this wasn't a, a vendetta against her herself, or whether she was just being vindictive or whatever, whatever the case is, either way, the noise wasn't worth it because she can literally still do her own and it probably will be exactly the documentary that we want from, for this topic. So she should keep on and do what she needs to do. But then on the flip side, 
as Auntie Farah says that, yeah, this light vanilla documentary definitely needs this um, woman who's got a very vanilla personality. And I didn't warm to her in telling this. Everything seemed performative. Again, it's like you go, and even the 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 the, the blurb, the, the the synopsis for the show, Rochelle takes the task, the and whatever, whatever. It was really like some hard hitting, punching thing. And with the dispatches, the way it all intros, you think you're going to get that dun dun investigative report. There was none of that. So there was no challenge. Exactly, the guy was able to say, I don't know, and yeah. that was it. Like, are you? <laughs> I was left like unfulfilled with that, and I, it's not that I wanted to be emotionally raw or distressed after it because those stories were enough, you know, that was sad enough. But I wanted a solution. And I felt like even though they spoke to, spoke to the black, I'm really, I was trying to find the name. I can't remember the black g- group, the girls that have created the, um, the oh. group that's for basically to help and support women in this situation. Um, that was a solution, but I just didn't feel there was like any hope on the back of this thing. It was actually the they spelt so much on the trauma and the scariness to the point where I'm thinking I'm actually scared for anyone I know to get pregnant right now because the way they presented the whole thing was like, there's a high risk you're going to die and there's not much we can do about it. There was no exploration. They mentioned a doula and they mentioned this group, but I didn't necessarily feel reassured that actually things are going to change. And I, I, where I think Candice or someone like Candice, because I think they even said that um, they in the, all the conversation they were saying that Candice was too close to the story but that's exactly the type of person you want obviously with mental health protection in reliving some of those traumatic experiences but for that she can speak to this situation especially like even with Nana when you're talking about what you went through you already sound like a better person they could have spoken about because you would have spoken to because you would have explored and you would have challenged and said put out the things that you are angry about and that should change. You offer solutions. No one else yeah. necessarily got a chance to do that when you're faced with someone who doesn't really have a connection to the story. So Candace would have been the perfect person because she really would have been able to express the things that she went through and the, uh, the questions that we deserve answered in the proper way. Yeah. So, um, so, but all the noise was not worth it because the documentary wasn't good enough after all. And I, I barely want to call it a documentary. It was like, it's a TV That's- show. TV show. It didn't even feel like a documentary. Yeah. Like when it ended, I literally was like, "Is that it?" Yeah, like, out loud. I was watching it, felt, it alone. Yeah. It felt like a segment on a daytime show. Yes, yes. yes. Like, yes. It didn't feel yeah. like a, a documentary. Like yeah. you know, sometimes ITV um um this morning does like a a special. If you yeah, that's what it was. minutes long. That is what it felt like. Like, um, I've had a few friends do specials on various, like, um, one friend did it on her, um, one of her parents is an alcoholic. And she just kind of explored living with an alcoholic as a child, like how she got through it. And it was a really good 15 minute segment. And I think if this was this more, if, if Rochelle had done this on this morning, I actually would have been like, that's interesting. Going out to middle England, like you're giving them a snippet into mm-hmm. what it's like like just so that they're kind of aware that there even is this going on but not for a dispatches it was like this is way too lightweight and and just really vanilla and it does nothing because she didn't know even when she was talking to people she didn't have a clue she's just putting stats to them lightly with no backup of so you know there's so many areas of maternity care where black women are not listened to she's not going to know that because she hasn't experienced that you've had private health care just being in um I think it's still called triage like when you're prenatal so you're pregnant and if something goes wrong the wards are separated by a curtain both pregnancies 
I had issues and I was in these, so it's like a ward with a curtain with people that have problems. Two times I heard somebody lose a child and it's like a curtain between you, you're pregnant, it's things like that. You know, it's like she has no experience of that. So there's no passion when she's talking to a doctor to say, I lived through this. How yeah. can this change? Like just the simple fact of, can we just have walls? Like, can there be some privacy between checkups for women who are in vulnerable positions, regardless of race, so that somebody who's having a baby doesn't have to be separated by a curtain mm-hmm. and listening to traumatic events happening around them? Just simple things like that. It was like, this isn't okay to put this out. And as much as I really didn't like how she was being treated, I think. I hope she listened to a lot of the the comments that were out there to think of maybe I I need to like be involved with black women more if I am going to position myself uh, and do these investigations like if she really is going to be that person I think she actually just needs to involve herself within women's groups within the culture like be around black women way more because this wasn't okay like she didn't really represent us in any way, shape or form. Fully, fully agree. I was going to say, I wonder how, in regards to the backlash, to whether they, how far into completion they were, because it felt like the, even I'm a mixed race woman, felt like an insert. Mm. So like, actually maybe they might have led with that, but it just felt like an yeah, insert. I, I didn't get that because they talked about the stats of um, of mixed race women and, and uh, Asians and, and black people. I didn't get that. For me, it was like almost, I, I got the complete opposite. Almost as though, wait, I tell a lie. The bit that felt like an insert was the cousin. That's yeah, what yeah. I, I think that definitely was afterwards. Yeah. That was after, for me. The rest of it felt like they'd been filming this for a while and this is how they, this is the route that they'd taken. Fair, fair. But, um, yeah, but that's what I wanted to say, so just to come back to what, sorry, just to say what you were saying, I wanted, I wanted to know, because I was going to ask you from a production perspective, how quickly they would have been able to add additions, because if that be the case, if they considered, as what you said, Auntie Nana, if they considered all the backlash and if she actually really thought, do you know what, to do this, I know I've only got half an hour, but how could we turn this around or something like that? What would be the reality of that happening in the speculative? How many weeks ago was it since it happened to the turnaround, to having it scheduled into the programming? Because also that, you know, we can't change all that. That's not easy to do. But I don't know, maybe from a scheduling perspective and if you really wanted to consider how to change it because if you could insert the cousin in last minute what else could you have done that was considered? I don't think they could have changed the tone of it too much because they went down this uh, this direction of of filming and this is the story that they wanted to tell in the way that they wanted to tell it so without her going to parliament and banging on their doors and saying go answer my questions I think they had pretty much of it in the bag by the time it came to us viewing it but I definitely feel like they inserted the cousin I could be wrong but to me it felt very last minute yeah yeah, who's the audience for it though? It well, because would it speak to that audience though? That's that's what I was wondering because I don't think it was from my you know obviously I didn't watch it but like I always thought like this isn't for black people. This is a story about black people for a white population to make them aware about a situation that's happening with black people. That's what it kind of read to me. I think you're right. Is is for like a middle class kind of quite a liberal, open minded audience. So it usually is slightly more hard hitting. 
Yeah. Mm. All of the dispatches that I've watched, I've always felt yeah. illuminated afterwards. Like, right, I didn't know that was going on. Like, there was just there's something in there which I think this was lacking for a dispatch. I didn't get this. Like, to me, this wasn't dispatches. It was dispatches like. I, I, absolutely normally when you watch it you're like oh my god shit i've learned something there but i didn't i didn't feel that um in in terms of the audience i i, I definitely don't think it was necessarily for us it just wasn't or they would have had someone else present it it just it just wasn't for us and that's not to say that she didn't learn stuff going along the way and i hope that this has made her look into things within her own community because we are her community whether she yes. likes it or not we are so i hope that it makes her go forward and look into things uh, and and what she can do and continues the fight i hope that this isn't she's made this documentary and that's it i hope that she continues to support these groups and continues to raise awareness and you know she has been promoting the documentaries on on various channels with various platforms so I hope that she continues to do so because it's a very important issue. And my whole thing originally was it's about the issue. It's not about the person who's presenting it. I, think, I just wish they, they had more depth. Yeah, I think it's definitely, well, I say definitely, but I think we tend to say, well, it's not for us, it's for them. And I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm saying that in, in the response on social media has been, oh, this is the best, best thing I've ever seen, something I never knew about and all that type of stuff. But because the documentary was, well, because the episode was made, was poorly made, what are those people going to do to affect change? Because if it, even if it is for that to create awareness, a better presented program will then give an action for that audience that are not aware of it. Have what can oh, I yeah. do? To yeah, so of that's course. that's what, so in answer to your yeah, so in answer that, to your question. Yeah, I just I just think it's I, I think it's very uh it must be I think like oh it must be challenging, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you're making mm-hmm. a something that is about a group of people that you're not you're not in that group of people and it's for a different audience that is a challenge within itself like getting the tone right the pace right how deep you go into it and that sort of thing because essentially you could end up because like what auntie nana's saying like i what i i mean all of us see i guess in hospitals is actually black people as well do you know what i mean who are the nurses as well. Yes. So you can get into that kind of territory too. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it must have been, they must have had to have been quite delicate and, and maybe shave a, a lot away. I'm not defending them, but I'm just like trying to understand like how you even get to that 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 tone, do you know what I mean? And going out into the audience to fill that slot. Do you know what I mean? It would have I, to I suppose for me then it would be back to what Candice's point. And other people's point is like get the right people in the room for where it's a topic that you don't yeah. understand because that's what we talk about on all the diversity conversations. If you're going to tell a story about a marginalized group or a group that you don't understand you're not part of, get the right consultants in the room. And I think maybe now going forward, we as anyone from a marginalized group who then it might be seen as a poster child for that group represented. So this is Rochelle really be self-aware and say like you know what I don't know about this and it's such a sensitive issue that I think we need to do this that and the other so in order for this to be a full rounded story because then we have this end result that we're talking about now because I don't think it's enough anymore that they can say that we didn't know we wanted to be sensitive and we've got one person in the room because I know I don't know I think we're all smart enough to know who's a poster and who's like the real person that would make sense and society, I think we, people have to start taking account. We, we know, but like sometimes, like the person who is the poster might not know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't think of, yeah, like she might not have this. You think she doesn't know privilege? You think? And I don't, and I don't think that she does. Say it again. Say it again, Far. 
So I'm agreeing with you. I, I, I don't think that she knows like how we know. I, I think she's in her bubble. I, I definitely, like, you know. I, I think that all like, I think that the, the, the last year has definitely put race at the forefront. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But whereas like, if it was before last year, then I don't think it would be, it would have been too bad in a sense. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I think she would have been in the same vein as Stacey Dooley. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that like this light, you know, kind of like touch on this very serious issue. I, I, I just think that because of where we are as a community, as, as a world, to be honest, do you know what I mean? At the moment with race at such at the forefront that, you know, they needed to pick be- better, but yeah. maybe they were too far gone. Maybe they couldn't get the right person or the right person for them that's going to toe the line if, in terms of what they're going to say. Because at the same time, as much as like everyone's saying they wanted to hear from the NHS, at the moment, the PR from the NHS is very bad. Do you know what I mean? Kind of and no one wants to kick them while they're down at the moment either. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it would have... I think that's very valid actually from mm. a production point of view where you may really be like we don't want to go too hard on this organization at this moment and and then you've got to straddle the are people going to accept any type of NHS criticism because they're still that like you know they're the heroes and so as a production company you may think like we can't go in on them in this way but there's still um, there's suggestions, there's improvements. There's just lots of different ways where you can be like, this could easily be improved. And actually you've got the, you, you it was like the maternity care kind of manager person, you're interviewing him. You can be like, for your hospital, the, you there could be these types of improvements. You don't have to hammer the person, but if you even manage to get the person to say, you know what, on that front, we're looking to it, that's something. That's an interview that went somewhere. But your interview that you showed, he basically said, I don't know what the issue is. That's an <laughs> interview. You should have just removed it. It was like, that was annoying to actually watch. It was like, this is stupid. I think that's and what it is. Do, do, oh, oh, just do due diligence of how, because I think, a lot of work goes into researching certain shows. And with that, like you said, dispatches, normally it's hard hitting. And whether it's when, when we're saying hard hitting, we think it's punchy punchy. But every, every topic, they usually do their due diligence. But then something like as important as this, even if it is sensitive, then do your due diligence here as well. Because you don't have to. You, yeah, exactly. You don't have to take down the NHS in the kind of um, pitchfork and burning torches and all that type of stuff. But you can challenge without it being and then have a resu- resolution at the end. So I just think that. Just lack of just lack was lack was applied. Let's get yeah. the comments. Okay, there's quite a few of them. I'm scrolling up. Okay, so Candice says um, they rushed through the statistics part too quick, um, which is not good when you know certain people always want proof. Um, and she goes on to say they also dropped the ball on the this morning. She also dropped the ball on the this morning interview a few days before when asked why she thinks this is happening. She danced around the fact that it's because of racism. Many people on social media were heartbroken by that, but not surprised. Uh, WW, is that, would that be white women? Um, as per usual, have really been nasty um, and of course, show no empathy in comment sections of black women speaking on their pain, even midwives. 
Uh, Aquia says, um, we knew it was uh, ITV production. No, Dispatches is an ITV. Um, if this was going to be something different, it would have been a white presenter talking to white doctors asking why with the, why with the end being that, that what are, I'm not too sure what that is because it's jumbled up. Um, you can make this program without speaking to a single black person. We know black pain and that's all we ever see. That's why I don't watch nearly everything that's put out about us. And Auntie Nana, I love your top. Thank you. And Candy says, who is involved in the next documentary? Not too sure what that's referring to. And yes, Auntie Nana, I thought it would be more hard hitting coming from Channel 4. Aquia says, ladies, we all knew that the present presenters have very little control over content. So who was the director? Who was the producer? And who was the production company? Who was the exec producer? These are the only people who are important to talk about. We need to mature and understand the agenda of our present world order. It's 500 years and counting. And we know how these people are or aren't, you're discussing the program like you don't know the real agenda. But that's the program in front of us. So it's important to discuss it. And as the presenter, it's her face. So as the black talent, there's a responsibility in that as well. Um, yeah, that's a comment. Yeah, for Rosemary, it was a show called Dispatches. It's a, um, like a, what do you call it? It's like an expose type. No, it's not just an expose type show. How would you uh, describe it? Documentary series. Documentary series. Yeah. Like, Controversial, like, yeah. yeah. Investigative journalism. That's, that's it. exactly what that's it is. Yeah. That's what it does. So it takes topics and breaks them down and looks into the usual cases and situations. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with what you said, Auntie Nana. It's about because actually it seems like Rochelle was the black in the room that they wanted to use for validation for their project. So on that, unfortunately, you do have to take responsibility, though there is a bigger agenda, of course. Um, sorry, Antifa, I think I cut you before. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Cool. I can't. Huh? just said I'm good now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go to... The end. I thought I was going to squeeze in something else, but I don't think we've got the time. Sad, mad, and glad, ladies. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? Auntie, Farah. You always want to come to me first because you don't remember me last. <laughs> Do you know, it's just my brain, how my brain works. I'm sorry. I'm not going yet. I've got to look at so Move on to something else. I can go. Go on. <laughs> I have quick ones. Okay. So what's made me sad was um, watching Derek Jackson's wife, um, Denea. <laughs> I think her name is hilarious. Sorry. Yeah. Denea Jackson. Um, and I watched a couple of her videos with her warrior fighting stance. And um, Why was, did you watch them? I, I had to. It was like watching a car crash. I was so sad afterwards. I was like, oh, this poor woman's mental health. And she's really in that clutches of like a born again Christian. You know, it usually runs for two years when they are like covered in the blood of Jesus and <laughs> everything. 
and she was ranting at everything and fully covered in the blood of Jesus in her army top and her beret, ready to war for her man. And oh, it was sad as hell. Um, I w- I've, I've been mad at just kind of like the lack of Keir Starmer coming out and saying anything about Boris. I'm like, he is like the shittest Labour leader, I think, ever. He's such a conservative. And yeah, I watched him talking about um, lockdown. He, he just popped up on the news and I was like, oh, so you got time to talk about flipping vaccines, but you don't want to talk about the guy that you should be trying to take his job to run the country and he's in a scandal, but you're not talking about it. That was infuriating. But I am overly glad that today in London, it was like 22 degrees. And for some reason, it felt like it was 40. It felt so hot today that I was like, this is like the the best weather ever. Like it just cheered me up. So that's my sad, mad glad. Auntie Charlotte. Okay, so my sad is that um, I was doing a shoot today and I broke my sunglasses. So I'm very oh. upset. They're kind of expensive. And I'm just like, I don't think I'll be able to get them again as well. So I'm really about that. Um, I am mad um, that I read that the George, in the George Floyd uh, case, that the defence, they're trying to say that the, the bystanders distracted them or were part of the reason why they, uh, yeah, why, why they done what they did. And they thought that they were, they themselves, the, the, the audience watching the step, what they call bystanders were uh, a threat. They saw them as a threat, basically. That has made me real friggin' mad. Um, and I'm like you, Antana. I am glad that the sun is out. It's back, maybe for a couple of days, but we'll catch it while we can. <laughs> Antifara. I am sad at the lack of press coverage about the 19 year old Richard, I'm going to butcher his name, Okai. Roji, the little boy from Labrick Grove. Um, I'm I'm sad at the lack of press about him. He's in, you know he's a sickle cell sufferer. He's been shielding for a year. He's gone missing. It's been days now, and within our own community, we are put, passing on the news. And it was on Sky News, but there was a lack of discussion about it on any other media platform. And it actually makes me quite sad and quite sickened. Um, we need to get it out there. Obviously, stuff has happened to this boy. Um, I am mad at the continued PR tour for William. Um, <laughs> William, as in the world's most sexiest, the world's most sexiest bald man. Okay, okay then, you know, whatever. I mean, come on, like, it's so transparent, almost as transparent as his hairline. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I am glad... As you, Auntie Sade and Auntie Nana, I am freaking glad that the sun is shining and the weather is all right. Like, it just makes me feel so happy inside and it just makes me know that vitamin D, the lack of it is a real thing. And it just, yeah, it just puts a smile on my face and I'm very, very happy about that. You're on mute. My sad is also about what Denia, deny the, 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 I, I mean, I don't understand. She made me sad because I was like, no, this shit is real and you're in a cult, you're, yeah, it's problems. That's what I was going to talk about for the culture, but I'm just really, really worried about her. And scrolling through her Instagram is very, very sad and actually quite frightening. Um, she's been on a journey and I'm worried about her. So I'm quite sad that 
women like this are going through this and misplacing their energy on the wrong dude. Um, I'm mad. This is a, <laughs> I'm mad about the board thing because, like, how dare you lie to us and tell us that anyone <laughs> voted that Prince William was a sexist <laughs> woman? That don't fucking take the piss out of us. No one voted in that. And I love, I love the Twitter. I love Twitter. I don't, I think I barely saw anyone tweet in support of this poll. It was like, really? And like, <laughs> this a hundred people, a thousand men better looking. We got, I can't even bother to list them. You know who the sexy board men are on this earth before Prince William. And then they, they started doing Prince William at 38. How old is he? And then Prince and versus someone else at the same age. No, he's 32 in it or something like that. And he's other people too. No. How old is he? No, he's probably about, he probably is about 37. Yeah, man. He's Either way. 40, easily. Either like, way, they had him. He like 20 odd years ago. Okay, I, I don't even know how old he is, but even that's really the part is that they had him, Prince William at his age versus people who are much older than him and look better than him. Yeah. <laughs> just spawned the whole thing. So in other words, I suppose that kind of slightly made me glad, but I was mad that don't try and fool us. This PR tour is nonsense. Stop it. They're so Stop. 38. Yeah. Well, there you go. But they showed all like they showed all the people like um and Meghan Markle, that was a nice dig. <laughs> She's older than him in it and she looks good. Um <laughs> But my other mad, unfortunately, it's just people on Sunday. In my where I live, the acoustics and the way I think it's the way our block is up, is set up. The acoustics sound reverberates. I don't understand people on Sunday who think that it's okay to let their kids play by the windows of and open the windows. I have a neighbour whose kid will get on her toy mic and blah 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 blah, blah, blah <laughs> at seven eight in the morning on a Sunday morning. Come on, come on! It reverberates around, bouncing back and forth off the estate no keep it until 11 sunday keep it until 11 allow me allow me or she's just or there's another time which, and this is she like getting up and shouting to her friend hey are you playing out today on a sunday morning get your ass back into the bedroom find a book and read it allow me and all the neighbors it's just that pisses me off on a sunday that really pisses me off and just people generally making noise on a sunday morning it's just the one day allow us in it and then what made me glad is that I hosted a really, really emotionally brilliant conversation with um, Rada Blank, who made and starred in the 40-year-old um, version. That's on Netflix, brilliant film. And Bookie, Bookie Bakaray, who's the lead in Rocks, and Wumi Masaku, who's the lead in His House. Um, all films are available on Netflix. And we had, had a conversation with them for women in film and TV, but it was just... It was about actually race and representation because they're for the first time BAFTA has been a bit more representational in their um, leading best actress category. And then um, we just had a great conversation and it got emotional because Bookie Bakery is a deep, deep young lady and Rada and Wumi, the conversation was really great. Unfortunately, it's not available to watch, but I will be speaking to them tomorrow for BAFTA. So if you go to BAFTA events, sign up and I'll be talking to Bookie, Rada, Wumi, along with Vanessa Kirby, who's in Promise of promising no a piece of woman and alfred woodard the legend who's in clemency so um if you sign up that's seven o'clock p.m tomorrow via bafta and that's what made me glad um so so this um sorry this talk that you did is it never going to be available like can we yeah. not Unfortunately, it was um, open at the time, but then it's closed. Now it's only available to women in film and TV members because oh. um, usually that's a membership group and club anyway. Um, okay. I'm really because it's a really good conversation. I'm gonna have, I'll see us. I don't know. I'm not gonna make mad promises on on air, but it's a really good conversation. A really good one. 
But yeah, that's it. I think. Before we go, I just like to say. So um, I have something. It's not an unpopular opinion. It's it's like it's like on my hit list. So on my hit list are all these films and videos that feel like in order to bring realism into their their film and video television content, they need to have people brushing their teeth. Like I cannot stand. It makes me feel sick to the bottom of my core when there's people on television and film and videos and they're brushing their teeth and all the foam is coming from their mouth and it's like, <laughs> look at me, I'm so natural. I'm brushing my teeth. It's like, pack it in. Do something else. Like, we don't need... It doesn't make me feel any more like, like it's real. Just stop it. I can't stand it. I don't like it in real life. I don't need to watch the television and see it in my face and it's just the foam and it's like, it's spit and it's just... Just, oh. just stop it. Just stop it. You like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, thank you. So on that note... This is Your Aunties Could Never. Thank you so much for joining us. Apologies, I didn't put the time out today. So, yes, it's 5 p.m. every Tuesday, GMT time. Um, we'll be here, back here live on Facebook and YouTube. And episodes will all be available very, very soon, straight after, kind of. Um, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, your, your Aunties Could Never, and on Twitter, Your Aunties Could. Aunties Could, sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, that's it. That's your aunties could never. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Bye.